0: I'm here with Professor Sonia Johnson, uh, an academic psychiatrist from UCL, the director of the NIHR Mental Health Policy Research Unit, and also the director of the new UKRI-funded Loneliness and Social Isolation in Mental Health Network. Hi, Sonia, how's it going? Hi, good, thank you. So you gave a great keynote talk earlier today here at the NQ Science meeting, uh, and you focused a lot on social psychiatry interventions and the research for them. But you kind of started off by looking back at the last few decades and talking about the research that we have. Um, And it just strikes me that, you know, medication and psychotherapies, which is really what we've been focusing on for the last 30 years or so, have we put all our eggs in the wrong basket here?
1: Well, I think as far as psychosis and bipolar are concerned, the evidence suggests that we must be doing something a bit wrong in that... there isn't evidence that at least for those conditions outcomes have really improved in that time. Having said that, I think if neuroscience does bear fruit, it could be in the form of a real great leap forward that, for instance, allows us to tailor medication much more precisely to people's needs on the basis of of neuroscience-derived evidence. I think you know if someone wins a Nobel Prize for medicine in mental health research, it'll probably be a neuroscientist who's introduced something that's made a really big impact, not a social psychiatrist, because a lot of the stuff we do is small steps forward, incremental progress and think maybe, I hope so, but maybe there'll be a big leap forward in neuroscience. But what I'd say is we, we don't have to choose by any means because the level of investment in mental health is so low currently that it's obvious that we must invest much more. And I would argue strongly that that new investment needs to be in some different areas, some areas that are to do with the social and also with the fabric of everyday care for people with serious mental health problems that have not been the focus so much for researchers or indeed for funders or guideline developers up to now. So I think that we need new resources and we need it to be targeted at least to some extent on new areas of research and, uh, and intervention development.
0: Yeah, your research has really stood out for me and research of colleagues in the social psychiatry field because, you know, you, you get trials of peer support published in The Lancet. You know, that's mm-hmm. unusual. Well, once we <laughs> have, so yeah. But yeah, that, I mean, I that's a big deal, isn't it? So mm. what, what are the interventions that you think we know... Work Where do we have the evidence that needs to be implemented?
1: Okay, well, I would say there's a set of interventions that are ripe to become part of everyday practice, part of the practice of community nurses, social workers, people throughout uh, NHS mental health services that at the moment are only sporadically delivered. So, for example, supported self-management, where you help people to understand their condition, to make informed choices about it, to understand what their early warning signs might be of relapse and how to manage those, to be able to develop aspirations for their lives and think about how to achieve their own personal goals. That's something that it seems quite obvious we should be doing, and indeed the evidence supports that. Likewise, shared decision-making, giving people access to peer support, Giving carers more ed- education and support and help with their own mental health and with their own coping the- these are things that we it seems to me we must do and have the evidence to do. What I think we need to do as researchers is support a process of getting those interventions just right for each setting, showing they work in particular settings collaborating with a lot of people including service users and clinicians on sort of co-produced versions of these interventions that can be rolled out and tested as they're rolled out across the nhs and one thing i would particularly mention is that all the evidence gathering we did in the policy research unit for the mental health act review suggested that the one thing we know works is something quite related to self-management which is the sort of advanced directives crisis plans saying what's going to happen if somebody is in crisis again that seems to work for preventing compulsory admissions in a way that things like compulsory community treatments Don't actually have evidence to support them. So I think those are straightforward things that we need to work on. And I think there's also a whole lot to focus on in terms of new interventions or interventions that are much more developed in spaces like loneliness, which we're focusing on in our cross disciplinary UKRI network that you mentioned. Also thinking about, so more than half of women with serious mental health problems have kids and thinking about how to support them in making that a success. We don't have any evidence about that. Intimate relationships are very important, obviously, to people with severe mental health problems as to other people. It's clear that sometimes their relationships are prone to difficulties get into difficulties, that they're quite vulnerable to abuse or to difficulty in having happy relationships. How can we support people with that? So there's a whole lot of areas. It's clear that they're not areas where your psychiatrist and psychologist in the consulting room are going to be the people who prescribe the right answer, as they might prescribe a drug we need a much broader range of inputs and ways of understanding these difficulties and how to address them, so from the voluntary sector, social scientists, all sorts of people. And and that's the very exciting thing about this UKRI funded cross-disciplinary network is that we have got this whole range of different perspectives. Yeah, everything from architects and historians to sociologists and health economists to think to help us think about how we can come up with and test creative ways of addressing these difficulties in people's lives. It's interesting, isn't it? Because
0: it's it is getting involved in people's lives. And that's traditionally not something that psychiatrists feel comfortable with, but you've really embraced that in your work.
1: Yes. Well, I guess I'm a psychiatrist, but I wouldn't necessarily say that in clinical terms this is an area where psychiatrists should be to the fore, really, in, in delivering these interventions. I mean, my background is also in social psychology, and I guess I've brought that interest together with my interest in obviously my clinical experience and my professional role to think about these problems but I think we actually need to think very broadly but I guess psychiatry is supposed to be rooted in, we're certainly trained I hope to think about things in quite broad neuroscience, psychological and social terms and actually while some people think of psychiatry as a rather kind of biological tradition, actually in this country at least we have a long tradition of socially oriented research by psychiatrists so it's nothing new but I think we need to take it a lot further and form lots more interesting collaborations on the way.
0: But if people are more interested in this loneliness social isolation and mental health network, what are other ways that they can get involved in that
1: absolutely we are we're just setting up our website fully we're inviting people first of all to join the network and be informed of our activities which will be both keeping people appraised online of work that's going on and plans but we also plan a set of public events which will be accessible both in person and and via the web and in about nine months we'll be putting out the first of two calls for small funding proposals in the area of loneliness and social isolation and mental health. And we'll be welcoming applications from anyone, not just from people who are part of the network for small pieces of research that have real potential to result in a step change in this area and in seeding something bigger, particularly by bringing together different disciplines. And those calls are going to be very open in terms of what we fund. We've only stipulated one thing, which is that we'll fund at least two service user or survivor researcher-led project so that's the one thing that we will definitely do
0: brilliant really exciting work thanks lot for talking to me thank you